All right, let's get started tonight. Uh, today is going to be the second week of our new series looking at wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And so we are going to be jumping all around the book of Proverbs today. Um, you may just want to grab a, a notepad from in front of you and a pen uh, to write down some references. Um, today, uh, like I said, we're continuing uh, this series. This is part number two, um, simply titled this, Wise Mouths. We're talking about being wise um, and uh, things like that. And so, huh? Wise mouth. Wise mouths. <laughs> How many of you like to talk? Any of you like to talk? Couple, couple hands. Didn't used to, but you're getting better. How many of you talk too much? <laughs> How many of you don't think you talk too much, but your spouse or your kids think you talk too much? Yeah. <laughs> we are talkers, uh, and there's just no getting around that. Verbal speech is uh, the central form of communication for us. I was reading an article from uh, NPR from 2007 that referenced a study that was done by the University of Arizona that showed that the people in their study spoke an average of 16,000 words per day. 16,000 words per day. The chattiest of those in the study spoke uh, up to about 47,000 words a day. That's a lot of words. That's a whole lot of words. Um, and technology has advanced us uh, beyond just our, our actual verbal and physical voice for communication. Um, we all have cell phones now. I'm sure that most of everybody in this room is very familiar with email and text messaging and different forms of communication. Uh, there was a study done in 2011 by the Pew Research Center that said uh, and found that in the average adult over the age of 35, sends and receives 14 text messages per day, or about 420-ish messages a month. Uh, that number for people ages 18 to 34, 76 messages per day, or a little over 2,000 uh, a month. And that study is five years old. So that's forever in the world of technology. So you can only know that the, the statistics have changed, and I'm sure that that number uh, has increased uh, significantly. Um, and so, you know, we're communicating uh, with each other. Let's just talk about our vocabulary. We start piecing together the words that we use to form speech, and we associate words with objects at a very young age. By the time a child is five or six years old, they have a working vocabulary of about 1,500 words. And by the time somebody reaches about 20 years of age, they have a vocabulary of about 42,000 different words coming from about 11,000 different word families. And so what that means is you have like a word like run, but you know in your mind that you can make it ran or running uh, or things like that, and so 42,000 different words. Uh, and so there's no doubt about it. We are communicators, uh, whether that's in verbal speech or written speech. Uh, the question for us to consider tonight is, are we being wise with our speech? Are we being wise with the things that we say? Are we being wise with uh, perhaps even the things that we take in? 
uh, in the forms of communication. And then the follow-up, of course, question for it is, is what does it mean to be wise with our speech? What does it mean to have uh, wise speech or, or to speak in a wise way? Uh, let's take a look at some of the Proverbs and see what they have to say about our speech. I'm going to start in Proverbs 18. Taking a look at our speech and what Proverbs has to say about our speech and our tongues and our mouths and our communication. Uh, and there's lots of really good things all throughout the, the book on our communication, on our speech. I'm going to start in Proverbs 18, verse number 20. It says, From the fruit of their mouth a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In verse 20, we get two pictures, one of an orchard of fruit and one of a field. And you know both um, an orchard that has fruit in it and a field, uh, they're meant to produce uh, fruit and meant to produce crops, and they are meant to uh, be in, in their use in this, this proverb, meant to be a comparison for how our speech should be. An orchard that doesn't bear fruit is really not good for anything, right? A, cro- a, a field that doesn't grow crops is really not useful for anything. Uh, They're not productive. Uh, It's worthless, and it will never bring satisfaction to its owner and its workers. And so an orchard and a field must be productive in order for them to bring satisfaction. And I would say so then our speech should be productive, right? In order um, for us to, to bring satisfaction, to have satisfaction in our hearts, our speech should be productive, and it should produce good fruit. And verse 21 gives us this great picture of what our speech should be like, and it gives us this great picture of the power of our words. Our tongue holds the power of life and death. You get that? Your tongue, this little thing that, that just kind of flops around, that forms uh, words and, and forms all these different sounds, holds the power of life or death. Not our hands, not our weapons. Our tongue holds the power of life or death. Words are powerful, and with words we can be productive or unproductive. And with our words we can speak good or we can speak evil. We can speak words that give life or we can speak words that bring death. Have you ever heard the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Right? You probably learned it as a kid, maybe. Um, and I think parents teach that to kids. Um, and I get what it's saying, but if I'm completely honest with you tonight, some of the more painful times I've experienced in my life have been brought about not because of sticks and stones and physical pains, but it's been because of the pains brought by words that people have spoken, uh, things that people have said to me or against me. And I'm sure that you can relate. Wounds from sticks and stones will eventually heal. Wounds from mean or harsh words can cut deep and can last for years, maybe even for your lifetime, all because somebody said something to you. Uh, Our words have great power, and the things that we say and the way that we use our words has a huge impact on us who, who are the speakers and on the people that we are speaking to. We have the power to bring life or to bring death. Uh, And there's other Proverbs that speak to the power of our words as well. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Proverbs 11, uh, verse 9 says, With their mouths the godless destroy their neighbors, but through knowledge the righteous escape. 
chapter 12, verse 18, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And chapter 15, verse 4, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. And so, uh, read those references again for you if you're writing them down. That's Proverbs 10, verse 11. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 9. Chapter 12, verse 18. And chapter 15, verse 4. Uh, These Proverbs instruct us about the power of our words to encourage and lift up or to tear down and bring hate. Uh, Words associated with... uh, Um, Our mouths and with our tongues are um, the ability to destroy people, um, the ability to provide an escape, the ability to say something that pierces like a sword, or the ability to say something that brings healing. Uh, There's so much power in our words, and so I'll ask it for a question just to to, uh, you know, share or to have some discussion. And uh, if you have questions or other comments, we can go there as well. But have you personally experienced a time uh, when the power of words to bring life or death was evident in your life? Uh, You know, maybe something somebody said to you or maybe something you said uh, to another person. It doesn't have to be bad, you know. Wasn't a time when somebody shared something with you that was encouraging, that just like, man, that really brought life and encouragement back into you. Uh, at a time you really needed it. I have, as, as we go through tonight, um, to give a little bit of structure to what we're talking about, I've got three uh, kind of main points speaking about our speech. Um, and uh, we'll look at a lot of different Proverbs that go with each one and uh, hopefully have some discussion. So we're talking about words and speech. Don't be shy. Um, to, to give us your input and to share your stories with us. Um, you know, we, part of the great thing about these Wednesday nights is that we get to have discussion. Um, and so we'll dig in and, and get to kind of some of the structured stuff. Um, like I said, I have three kind of main points for us tonight to look at and different proverbs that relate to it. Uh, the first one is foolish speech. Foolish speech. The second one is forbidden speech. And the third one is wise speech, or wise words. Uh, you could put words in there um, in place of speech. Um, you could put, probably put the word mouth in there for some of them. Um, let's talk about foolish speech. Remember what we said last week about wisdom. What did we say about wisdom? What is wisdom? <laughs> Sometimes it means being smart enough to keep your mouth shut. All right. That's a good way of thinking about being wise, and uh, I'm pretty sure there's some Proverbs that even kind of speak to that effect. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think what we said about wisdom is that wisdom is not just having a knowledge in your head, um, but it's taking that knowledge and applying it appropriately to the different circumstances in your life. Um, And so spiritual wisdom is having knowledge about who God is and what he's done for us and what he desires for us to be doing Um, But then not just having the knowledge of it, but taking that knowledge and applying it with the help of the Holy Spirit, of course, uh, to our lives, right? And so we know who God is, we know what God has done, we know how God wants us to live, and so we don't just know it, but we're doing it, right? That is, is, uh, you know, wisdom, and that's what a lot of this wisdom that we're talking about in this series is. Um, That's what a wise person does. They know what God wants from us, they know how God wants us to live, and 
um, they live that way. A foolish person would be the opposite. They would either uh, reject knowledge of God or they would um, have knowledge but not apply that knowledge to their lives. And there's a lot of people like that. There's a lot of people that have knowledge of God, um, at least in, in some form, uh, but they don't do anything with that knowledge. It just kind of sits there in their mind and they're not really living uh, for him. And so that, that hopefully will help you as we walk through this and we talk about wise and foolish. Um, at least you kind of know what we're talking about. So speaking about foolish speech and foolish words, um, words, are in, words are ineffective when spoken by a fool. Okay, that's what Proverbs says. Words are ineffective when spoken by a fool. Proverbs chapter 26, verses 7 and verse 9 say this, Like the useless legs of one who is lame is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. Like a thorn bush in a drunkard's hand is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. So in other words, um, you know, somebody that is foolish can have this knowledge and they can even say these things, but if they're a foolish person and they're not living it, then it's foolish speech. Proverbs also says that words are ineffective when they're spoken to a foolish person. Okay, so words are ineffective when they're spoken by a foolish person, and they're also ineffective when they're spoken to a foolish person. Chapter 15, verse 14 says, The discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. 17.4 says, A wicked person listens to deceitful lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. And 23.9 says, Do not speak to fools, for they will scorn your prudent words. And so, in other words, you can give all of this great information and this great insight and this great instruction, but if the person you're speaking to is foolish and they're not taking the wisdom that you're giving them and applying it, then the words that you are speaking to them are ineffective and unproductive. And it ties in with, with the last part of this, that words are ineffective unless accompanied by action. Chapter 14, verse 23, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. And so what the, the writer is saying is that if you work hard, if you, if you take this knowledge that you have and you work it and you apply it, then you gain something. If you are a worker and, you know, let's go with like the field uh, example, because that's all throughout the book of Scripture. If you're a worker that's going out to work in the field, if you work hard, you will gain something for your work. You will gain, uh, you know, food to eat. If you are just going to sit there and you're going to say, yeah, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to work the field, and you never do it, you're never going to get anything good from it. So mere talk only leads to poverty. Um, you know, true, true wisdom has to be accompanied by um, action. And so, you know, Proverbs certainly speaks about uh, foolish speech, and we're really looking at this idea of wisdom tied in with it as well, right? Um, and so, if, if, you know, a wise person is only speaking words and they're not applying the words, um, then they're not really all that wise. And if we are speaking, you know, if a wise person is speaking to a foolish person, um, but the foolish person isn't receiving that wisdom, um, then Ultimately, the words are foolish and ineffective. Let's talk about uh, what Proverbs has to say about forbidden speech. This will, I think, uh, uh, maybe spur a little bit more um, discussion with us. And certainly, 
um, maybe hit home for some of us. Um, basically what I mean by forbidden speech is that uh, these are things that God doesn't want us to do with our speech, right? These are things that do not honor God. These are things that don't bring him uh, praise. Um, the first one under this is, uh, is this a breach of confidence. Proverbs chapter eleven thirteen says a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. And so in other words, when somebody, you know, says, hey, I, you know, I want to tell you something, but we need to keep it confidential. Um, you don't go blabbing it around to the whole family and the whole church, right? <laughs> um, chapter 25, verses 9 and 10 say, if you take a neighbor to court, do not betray another's confidence, or the one who hears it may shame you, and the charge against you uh, will stand. So that's kind of in a legal matter, but the same sort of thing. Um, the second one is this, cursing your parents, Proverbs twenty twenty. If someone curses their father or mother, their lamp will be uh, snuffed out in pitch darkness. Um, you know, not talking about a literal lamp uh, here, but, you know, kind of representative, and it makes me think of uh, the Ten Commandments, right? Honor your father and mother. Um, and, and there's the, the thing that goes with it, and you will have a, a long life, right? Honor your father and mother, you'll have a long life. Uh, and when really, you know, I think there's an importance in talking about honoring our parents and not cursing our parents, but I think when we consider the rest of the teachings of Scripture, um, I think we could take this and say, um, you know, something that, that should be avoided is, is uh, cursing anybody, right? Speaking bad about um, anybody, and we're not talking about necessarily like, you know, like weird things, like if you just are like, I curse you, you know, but just, you know, the, the concept in your heart and in your speech of how you feel about others and how you treat uh, other people and the things that you say about them. Um, also included in this list is lying, lying um, or, or uh, deceiving. Chapter 4, 24, keep your mouth free of perversity, keep corrupt talk far from your lips. I mean, that even goes beyond just lying. Um, corrupt talk, keep it from your lips. Chapter 6, verses 12, and four, 12 through 14, a troublemaker and a villain who goes about with a corrupt mouth, who winks maliciously with his eyes, signals with his feet, and motions with his fingers, who plots evil with deceit in his heart. He always stirs up conflict in chapter 19, verse 5, and verse 28, a false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will not go free. Uh, verse 28, a corrupt witness mocks at justice, and the mouth of the wicked gulps down evil. Uh, and so pro this is not an exhaustive list, but these are some, uh, some things that Proverbs has to say about lying. Uh, if we want to be wise with our speech, we will keep lying and deceit um, out of our speech uh, a couple more things, gossip and slander, gossip and slander, chapter 18, 8, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels, they go down to the inmost part. Um, man, that really kind of gets at it, right? And it goes back to the power of words, that words aren't just surface things, that words can cut deep. Um, to the inner parts of who we are, both for us as the speakers and as the receivers of people who are speaking to us. Um, chapter twenty nineteen: a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. And chapter 25, verse 23, like a north wind that brings unexpected rain is a sly tongue which provokes a horrified look. Um, Good things about the way that uh, we speak. And again, you know, gossip and slander kind of tie back into um, 
you know, the things that we are saying about other people. And we've got this problem in the church that, um, that we're known for gossip by people that don't come to church. They know us as people who gossip, and, and, and you know, that's an unfortunate reputation that, uh, that we've developed. And I'm not saying that about our church specifically. I'm saying that just about the church in general. Um, you know, that's one of the words that we hear a lot from non-Christians. Like, well, I don't want to go to church there. You know, you guys are, I mean, we hear hypocrites a lot, but then you hear gossips along with it, right? Um, so we have to keep watch on that. And uh, lastly in, in this under uh, the forbidden speech is boasting. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 14, Like clouds and wind without rain is one who boasts of gifts never given. And chapter 27, 2, Let someone else praise you and not your own mouth, an outsider and not your own lips. Um, man, that's good because sometimes, um, you know, I've seen it. And sometimes even I, I, I deal with that, right? Like, oh, man, like, this is pretty awesome. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty awesome guy here. I'm not. I'm not. Not out. Huh? Me neither. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have to keep watch on that. Um, boasting as well. So those are things that, like I said, those are things that um, uh, are not wise speech. Those are things that God would instruct us and instructs us even elsewhere in Scripture uh, that those things shouldn't be a part of our life, yet those things uh, so often continually come up in our life. And sometimes it's, it's the words that we say and the things like that that it seems like we battle over and over and over again um, for years. And sometimes we have been battling it since we accepted Christ and we're still battling it. <laughs> uh, the boasting, um, you know, the, the gossip, all of those things. Uh, so something to be aware of, something to keep our eyes on and keep watch of. Um, any thoughts? Okay, let's talk about wise speech now. What's wise speech? We've talked about the things that are foolish. We've talked about the things that we shouldn't have in our speech. Let's talk about the things that we should have um, and the things that uh, are good in our speech. Um, wise speech. The first thing about wise speech is this, that wise speech is, uh, is directed by God. Wise speech is directed by God. Uh, chapter 16, verse 1, To humans belong the plans of the heart, but from the Lord comes the proper answer of the tongue. Um, I don't think that this means that God is going to be held responsible for every single word that we utter because we have that responsibility. We are free, you know, will creatures. Um, and so, um, you know, that's not the point. The point of this proverb is that, um, you know, we may have a, a plan and a purpose and the things that we're doing, and if we are correct, connected with God's will, um, then the speech that's coming out of our mouth should be connected with God's will uh, as well. Um, and, and, you know, I know that we also have a, a passage in Mark chapter 13 where Jesus is um, speaking especially about defending and sharing the faith. He says, whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so, you know, God certainly can give us um, specific words to say at specific times, um, but also I think, you know, if, if we're connected with the Lord, that he is guiding our speech, uh, hopefully we're opening ourselves up to that, the changing of our hearts, uh, which results in um, changed speech and wise speech. Um, wise speech also dispenses wisdom and knowledge. 
chapter 15, 7, the lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of fools are not upright. And so we are spreading, if we're wise people, we're spreading with our words knowledge and wisdom, specifically about spiritual things and spiritual matters. Um, chapter 31, 26 also says uh, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Um, speaking of, of a godly woman. Um, wise speech, third point, wise speech shares the gospel. Chapter 13, verse 14, the teaching of the wise is, foundation, is the fountain of life, uh, turning a person from the snares of death. So we're turning people away from death spiritually. And chapter 24, verses 1 through, or I'm sorry, verse 11 through 12, rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. If you say, but we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay everyone according to what they have done? Um, we get kind of this idea of, you know, there's people that are walking toward death, that are walking towards being slaughtered in a spiritual sense. They're walking towards hell. And it's our responsibility to give the gospel to these people um, to bring them back. And then we can't say, I like what the way that verse 12 puts it. We can't come back and we can't say, but we didn't know. Because we know. And we've been tasked with the responsibility to spread the gospel. So um, why speech spreads the gospel? Why speech ministers to the needs of others and stands up for the oppressed? Chapter 12, verses 18, 18 and 25, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. We talked about that again. Um, you know, if we have wise speech, we should be bringing healing to people. Um, verse 25, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. And hopefully everybody has... Uh, at one point or another, experience that. The words of somebody um, speaking to them at just the right moment, uh, you know, hopefully directed by God, that just, it's just like it lifts your spirit, it lifts your heart, it brings cheer. Um, similar to that, chapter 15, verse 4, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Chapter 16, verse 24, gracious words are honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. And one more, this is the part about standing up for the oppressed. Chapter 31, verses 8 and 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. And I think we see all over in the Gospels, Jesus instructing his disciples to take care of the poor, um, to take care of those who can't take care of themselves. And so... Uh, we also have our speech tied into that as well, that we speak up for those who can't speak uh, for themselves. And that gets tied in uh, with ministry as well. Let me read one more passage. This is from the book of James. Uh, and, and then we'll have some closing discussion and closing, closing thoughts. James says some really good things about the tongue and about our speech and about our words. Um, and, and it's probably one of the more famous passages of Scripture in dealing with our speech and our mouths uh, and our tongues. James chapter 3, this is, I'm going to read verses 3 through 12. It says, When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. 
Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is, it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. And James is talking about our tongue and he's talking about our words and he's he's saying that it's such a small part of our body and really when we think about life and we think about all the things going on our speech and our words might be the last thing that we think has any power and might be the last things that we think needs changing because we might even say well yeah I mean I don't cuss so I must have a pretty good tongue I must have a pretty good mouth and pretty good speech but that might not necessarily be true it's such a small part of our body, but just like the bit in the mouth of a horse or like a rudder on a ship, it directs everything. It has the power to direct and to change uh, everything. And, and James goes as far as to say that it's evil, um, you know, that it's, it's a restless evil, that it's poison. And he says that, you know, we praise God and, and you, know, we, you know, maybe you've experienced this or um, you know, at least you've heard stories, you know, somebody's in church and yeah, they're praising God. And then, uh, as soon as church is over, somebody cuts them off on the road and then who knows what's spilling out the same source for both praise and, and cursing the same source for giving life and for bringing hate and death. Um, and so in order for us to truly understand this, you know, uh, he says in, in verse 8, no human being can tame the tongue. So where's our hope in Jesus? Where's our source of change in Jesus? In allowing him to be the one that changes our life, that changes our heart, and then out of the overflow of that, will change and control our tongue and our speech, Right? Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we are uh, just so grateful for your word uh, that instructs us, God, and we're grateful and thankful for the opportunity that we've had to gather here and to uh, hear from it uh, corporately and to uh, discuss it and uh, learn from each other. God, we just pray that as you help us uh, or as we leave here that you would help us um, to continually open our hearts up to you. Uh, Lord, we can only really do that by the power of your spirit. Uh, we need your help. Um, to, to continue to um, let the Holy Spirit explore our hearts and reveal things to us and bring us to the point that we are um, willing to surrender things to you and let go of things, uh, Lord, so that you can change us and you can refine us and you can mold us into the image of Christ. And Lord, we pray that you would uh, just do that, God, that you would be at work in us, uh, that you would be always continually turning our hearts um, to you, Lord, and that our actions, uh, and especially our speech, 
uh, would be reflective of your love and of your greatness and of all the things that uh, you have done for us. And may we be able to use our speech uh, that is directed by you and by the Holy Spirit to bring healing and to bring encouragement and to bring life to people who need it. Um, God, let, let us not use our speech for, um, for evil and to bring death, but Lord, would you empower us to bring life and to bring good news uh, with our speech and with our words. God, we thank you again so much for all that you do, and uh, we love you and we ask this in your name. Amen.